Hi, and welcome to another episode of Investing Compass. Before we begin, a quick note that the information contained in this podcast is general in nature. It does not take into consideration your personal situation, circumstances, or needs. Well, Shani, we're doing our Christmas episode today. Very early. It's the beginning of November. Yes, we're recording it very early. So it's important (laughs) to note that we are recording this early. So we mentioned a couple shares in this, and the price obviously is November. Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? Right? Mm -hmm. But we've done this a couple times, and we started these by giving each other a Christmas (laughs) gift. So we're giving each other a Christmas gift very early as well. Yes. Now, there was some controversy last year. We didn't set a price limit, which left me very I gave you, I gave you a spa package, and you gave me a piece of paper that you printed off from a website. Well, it was a to-do list. Sorry, not a to-do. It was like a pros and cons list. Yes. I thought it was quite... I don't know. I thought it was a good present for an investor, yes. which is what the episode is for. Shawnee so. filled out the pros and cons list for me. Needless to say, there was nothing in the pro column. I needed a couple of pages. Yes, but, but, but we're going we're gonna to do that again. So do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. And, um, and to be fair, so Shawnee, because of what happened last year, you set a limit. Of there's a $15 limit. $15, yes. And it doesn't have to be investing related. Like I stipulated last year. Exactly. I mean, you loosely explained how it was related to investing, but. I thought my explanation was great. Go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> okay. And people can write in and tell me the explanation. But okay, Shani, you can go first. All right. So I've, um, I've sent you something to your computer. Do I need to open it? Well, it'll be in your Outlook. But while it's being sent, because it might take a couple of seconds, I'll explain. So. <laughs> Every week, Mark and I have a meeting, and it's our one-on-one, and every time, and normally this happens quite early in the morning, but every time we have this meeting, you say, God, I could really do with a bourbon. Yes. <laughs> so- well, that is, that's what it's like dealing with it. Yeah. <laughs> and we mainly do this at like 8 a.m. in the morning, so. I know. I yeah. know. Starting early. Yeah. So did you want to check your computer? Okay. I can look at my computer. I, I didn't really understand the instructions there. I know that it takes a couple seconds for emails to come, but okay. So let's okay. see. I have a bunch of emails. None of them are from you. Okay. Well, I've amended our one-on-one to be on a Wednesday at okay. 4.30 p.m. Okay. At the Sussex. Oh, and the Sussex is <laughs> the closest pub <laughs> to is. our office now in Barangaroo. Exactly. And so I've amended it to be until the end of this year. So every one-on-one... From now until the end of the year, I'll buy you a bevin. Wow. Okay. It's probably going to be more than $15, but it'll be... <laughs> well, that's very... That's $15 very... each time. Okay. That's very generous okay. of you. Thank you. I, <laughs> no worries. I think that's a great gift. Um, all right. So it's your turn now. Mm. Well, for your present, I bought you 10 shares of a stock that has your initials as the ticker symbol. <laughs> now. There's a lot of name stuff with Shawnee. So Shawnee is actually short for Shanika, which is your middle name. But I didn't want to go through the whole thing, yeah. mostly because I looked up SJ and I found something immediately. So I also didn't want you to go through like tax consequences as well. So That's very thoughtful. I did purchase it in my own account. Okay. But if we strike it rich, 
then we can spend the money and go do something nice. Okay. Like we could go out for a nice dinner or something, or more likely we'll go split a happy meal at McDonald's okay. because those, I'm okay with that. those 10 shares are worth $18.10. All right. Well, tell me about SJ. Where is it listed? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so the company is called Cyanjoy. It is a small cap Chinese company. <laughs> That currently trades on the NASDAQ, although I'm pretty sure it's going to get delisted, which will make <laughs> your investment worthless. And Cyanjoy owns three small online streaming brands with a social media component. And so that means while you're engaging with the video that you're streaming, you can interact socially with your friends. And you can also play games using virtual currency, which just sounds like gambling, yeah. right? <laughs> um, so I don't know what could possibly go wrong with this share. And I mean, how small cap are we talking? Oh, like 70 million. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So we could really hit it big. Potentially, yes. (laughs) We could also, or I guess may be investigated by the FBI for (laughs) buying shares in a small cap Chinese technology company. Over the past year, SJ is down 72%. So I'm guessing we don't rate it. Oh, no, we we do not rate it. Okay. We do not rate it. Do we have a quant rating for it? We do. It says it's very undervalued from a quant perspective. Okay. So, yeah, I I think by this time next year, You'll I don't know. You'll take me to Benelong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Well, forget Benelong. We'll go to Key. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. All right. Should we get on with the episode? We should. We should. So, we're definitely in a different environment to where we were in our first two episodes. For one, inflation is rampant and many people are struggling with the cost of living. The RBA and the government are pleading for the public to curb spending to try and get inflation under control. We're seeing people struggling with mortgages, a rental crisis, rising petrol prices, increased cost of food and essentials, and it's all a bit dire. Yeah, no, it sounds like a great Christmas. Yeah. So I think we'll just say, as Shani would say, it's a different vibe than we had from most years going into Christmas. Yes. So we'll see if there is a Santa Claus rally, but it might be just a couple emaciated reindeers dragging the sleigh into a ditch <laughs> at this point, right? But I don't know. Many consumers, it feels like, many consumers and investors have lost confidence. So we understand that this Christmas is potentially going to be a difficult time for many people. And in the same vein, we're also seeing a lot of investors appreciating the value of investing. A survey conducted, and this was a US study, showed that 65% of people want financial investments such as stocks and crypto as Christmas gifts this year. Were you one of those people? Yeah. And you got it. So I got you what you wanted. That's true. Maybe and not. I got you what you wanted. <laughs> exactly. Alcohol and a small cap Chinese company. Exactly. So yeah, that's just great. So anyway, for this year's episode, we're going to do a couple things. We're going to focus on gifts that can help people out with the rising cost of living and types of investments that can help you, the gift receiver and the community overall. And I think that pretty much checks every box, Shani, right? Yeah. And we're going to give a couple of recommendations for what Warren Buffett said is the investment that you can't beat. And this is an investment that can't be taxed. It's not impacted by inflation. It's investing in yourself. So we'll go through a couple of our favorite investing books this year. And finally, and this is sort of the classic investing compass, present a couple stocks on sale. And before we do get into this, we'll give the disclaimer we do every year, which is that none of the products, stocks, companies, or services are sponsoring this podcast, nor do we receive any financial benefit for promoting any of the products or services. Although if Cyanjoy <laughs> wants to sponsor us, we are available. Or if you want to buy Cyanjoy. <laughs> yeah, if anyone has $70 million yeah. <laughs> and wants to own three social media streaming services, come talk to us. 
All right. So let's uh, let's get into this. So Christmas is time where there can be, of course, a lot of expectations. It's a time where a lot of people who are financially stretched stretch further. It's especially difficult because those costs can't be spread out or they generally aren't spread out across the year. And that usually means that if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you have these lump sum costs that need to be met. Add to this the rising cost of, well, everything, the inflation rate up till September 2022 was 7.3%. This is the highest that it's been since 1990. That means that on average, it is 7.3% more expensive to live. And at the same time, we've seen real wages fall behind. In the 12 months to the September quarter, fruits and veggies rose 16.2%. Fuel is at an 18% increase for the same period. We've seen rents rise, property rates rise. People are earning less comparative to how much it's costing to live. So let's start with a gift that can help those that are currently under a little bit of financial strain. And that's an Australian business called Bill Fairies. And what Bill Fairies is, it's a company that provides kind of a gift card but the gift card is used for bills. And you can use Bill Fairies to pay most BPay bills. Uh, so I called Bill Fairies and they let me know it's basically every bill that accepts BPay. Um, you've just got to be careful with Rego because Rego requires a full payment at once. So unless you're feeling particularly generous and want to pay for the full Rego, um, if it's a smaller amount, businesses will accept it. And I'm assuming that's a lot. I don't have a car. So yeah. <laughs> but it seems like it would be a lot. Okay. So there is a fee involved with this process, and it's a merchant fee of 3.3% when purchased through Prezi, which is a gift card website. 3.3% can be quite a lot on a large Christmas present, but I think it's worth considering what is a valuable present for someone. So it's strange to think of presents like this, but I would rather give someone a present that is $103.30, where they use $100, and then getting someone a present that they may not use or like. And unlike financial gifts like gifting of stocks or be paying money into investments or super, this gift doesn't really need to know anything about your circumstances. So for financial gifts, it's important to responsibly gift by knowing about tax circumstances, about contribution limits, about what their goals are and what you're trying to achieve. Sometimes that's just impractical and, you know, everybody has bills. It means that you can take that off their plate without having to worry about personal circumstances. Yeah. And this is actually a gift that I would love as well. So I live in a really small apartment with no storage. So for Christmas, I generally don't want stuff. So I'd rather have a meal at a restaurant, a bourbon with Shawnee, <laughs> or, uh, or just getting me things that I use a lot. So yeah, I think it's a great gift in general because everyone hates bills and it just takes that off your plate. All right. So that's our first gift idea out of the way. Let's move on to a couple of ideas for investing books. And one book I've really enjoyed reading is The Bogle Effect by Eric Bautunas. It came out this year and it leans on many professional investors that were close to Jack Bogle to provide insights into how he has changed the investment industry, including Chris. Benz from Morningstar and Warren Buffett. And Jack Bogle, of course, who was the founder of Vanguard. This book goes through the transformation of the funds management industry and the rise of passive investing, but particularly it focuses on the reasons behind the rise as well as Bogle as a driving force. And this book doesn't have any practical investing tips or magical insights into how you can invest better. What it did for me, though, is it went through the journey of how over 50 years the investing landscape was changed for the better for retail investors, how it became more accessible and how the industry is not always about profit over people. Morningstar Investor is built for investors by investors. It provides independent research and data on over 40,000 securities, tools to build and maintain an investment portfolio, 
and investor education resources to support you, regardless of where you are in your investing journey. Explore opportunities with our monthly global best ideas. Explore our ETF model portfolios. Plan better with two years of dividend forecasts for ASX-listed stocks. And stay informed with independent thought leadership. We've built tools to help you construct, monitor, and maintain your portfolio, including our Portfolio Manager, integrated with one of Australia's leading portfolio tracking tools, ShareSight. Morningstar has been empowering investor success for over 35 years. We're passionate about your outcomes and are here every step of the way as you achieve them. Take out a free four-week trial to access our resources. Find the details in the episode notes. All right, good book. So it's my turn now. Mm. And I'm going to get some eye rolls from Shawnee here. But I reread one of my favorite books this year, and that is A Movable Feast by Ernest <laughs> Hemingway. Should we tell people about your Instagram? I think we've spoken about it before, but it's called A Movable Feast. Well, yes, I took my inspiration from this book. And, and I have like 45 followers. <laughs> I'm like and Kim Kardashian, exactly, basically. Yeah. I'm going to get fined for you know, touting crypto on there. All right. So let's start with the title. What does it mean? Okay. Well, that's a good question. So we need a little bit of context, right? So I can talk a little bit about the book and then we can get into the title. So the book was written at the end of Hemingway's life. And I think it's pretty safe to say that he was a broken man. So both physically and emotionally, and he would actually commit suicide before the edits on the book were done. And the book was written about him when he was young and living in Paris. So the title is about a memory of an earlier time in his life, so a memory that has stayed with him. And in fact, his son Patrick came out and said the following about the title when he was talking about when he was referring to Movable Feast. So he says it's a memory or even a state of being that had become a part of you, a thing that you could have always with you, no matter where you went or how you lived forever after that you could never lose. I mean, that's quite beautiful, but also really that. Like, this is very bleak for a Christmas episode. <laughs> you you just described Christmas as very bleak. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is supposed to be a book about investing, so yeah, tie it in. Beautiful and sad is how Shani describes me, just without the beautiful part. <laughs> but anyway, I think there's a couple things here, and I don't think it's too much of a stretch, Shani. Neither do I think that your Christmas present last year was too much of a stretch <laughs> from an investing standpoint. But as investors, the things that happened to us in the past have this huge influence on our future and an influence that we don't understand or appreciate when we're young, because, of course, we can't imagine being old. And when we are older, the way we look at our past is influenced by the knowledge we have of the outcome of the path we took. But we don't know the outcomes of alternative paths. Where would we have ended up if we just made different decisions? This is really deep. Yeah. But we haven't gotten to the investing part yet. No. Well, here we go. If you are a young investor, the lesson is to appreciate the influence your current actions will have on your future and how the pathways ahead of you are endless because you have time, which is the biggest advantage as an investor. And if you're an older investor, the lesson is that the advice you give to young people is influenced by not only the certainty of where you ended up, but also the unique environment you lived in when you were young. So if you really want to give good advice, try and frame it around decision-making and not telling people to do exactly what you did. Okay. It wasn't that much of a stretch. No. No. But investing is constantly thinking about the future and using the past as a guide and not a template for life. Yeah. Yeah. Did no. I get it? 
that that is that is true. That is true. Um, Do you want to hear my favorite quote? This is definitely (laughs) this is definitely not investing related. I don't think I can stop you. So go on. Okay. So my favorite quote is he says one part of it. By then I knew everything good and bad left in emptiness when it stopped. But if it was bad, the emptiness filled up by itself. If it was good, you could only fill it up by finding something better. That is some life advice. It is. Yeah. All right. So as promised, we'll move on. Um, But we've got a couple of stocks on sale. And we've taken these stocks from our global best ideas list. And Mark, I've chosen one of the stocks that you've spoken about a few times on the podcast and one you own and Heiser Bush InBev. That is true, Shani. So yeah, it's currently a five-star stock and on our global best ideas list, it has a wide moat. And currently, and remember, this is early November, it's 44% undervalued. So Anheuser-Busch InBev is the world's largest brewer. And there was a large sell-off of the company during the pandemic. And in our opinion, that was a major overreaction, especially because the stock was already cheap. And the market price reflects concerns about financial risks that we think are overblown. So basically, what happened is they went out and purchased another large company, and their balance sheet, of course, expanded. But we do think that this is overrated over the long term because we think they're going to reduce that debt. So we think it's a great franchise, as we mentioned, has a wide economic moat driven by cost advantages in Africa and Latin America, and its dominant position in both of these markets. And it's almost a monopoly position in these markets. So they should benefit from the growth these geographies offer. And in both cases, we think there's going to be a big increase in the amount of beer consumed as those markets continue to develop. And when we look to develop markets, um, they do remain a bit of a drag as a lot of consumers are moving to wine and higher quality beer, which adds a bit of pressure to industry volume. So basically, any slowdown in the growth of these craft beers and wines could stabilize volume in mainstream price segments, um, and they can act as a catalyst for the stock. Okay. Well, there we go, Shawnee. So as Shawnee said, I do own this just to uh, just to be really clear. And I mean, I guess kind of why I own it is other than those high debt levels, which as I said, they're working to pay off. It kind of ticks all the boxes for me. So it's a consumer defensive share, which I like, good brand names, which I like. It's non-cyclical. It's relatively low business risk. And you know, basically, if I had a type, that would be my type. Okay, one more little stocking stuffer from our best ideas list, and this one is closer to home. It's InvoCare. InvoCare is a funeral home operator that dominates what our analyst Angus likes to call the Australian death industry. We estimate InvoCare already enjoys a revenue share of over a third in Australia as the largest provider of funeral, cemetery, and crematorium services. The company boasts well-known high respectable brands and cost advantages over the long tail of smaller players in a highly fragmented death care industry, which is the main reason for InvoCare's wide economic moat rating. Yeah. And death, of course, is one of the few certainties in life. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, will continue to support steady demand for InvoCare services. So death rates can fluctuate from year to year. So for instance, social distancing and increased hygiene in the wake of COVID led to a virtually non-existent flu season and significantly lower mortality rates in calendar year 2020. But over the long run, death rates are very consistent, and they're just a function of population size, average age, and average life expectancy. So the demand is 
basically just underpinned by Australia's aging population. And Angus's modeling expects the number of deaths to grow at an average CAGR or compound annual growth rate of around 3% per year for the next decade. And shares in the wide moat Invocare screen as a pretty attractive opportunity. After the pandemic, we saw a lot less deaths because of a virtually non-existent flu season and spread of disease. And exacerbating this was lower case volumes, government-imposed limits on attendance at funerals, which restricted Invocare's ability to offer its full range of services and that weighed on their pricing. Yeah. And, you know, I think as everyone's aware, all those limits have obviously been lifted with COVID restrictions going away. So we just think that earnings are going to continue to recover. And yeah, as we said, again, like good brand, wide economic moat, promising growth and an attractive price. So seems like an opportunity, right, Shani? Yeah. So it's currently trading as a five-star stock. It's trading at $10.47 at the beginning of November. And we see the fair value as being $15.30. So it's trading at a 33% discount. Yeah. And I guess full disclosure, I also own InvoCare. So do I, actually. (laughs) But I bought it years ago. Okay. Look at us. So this is what I'm into, beer and death. Yeah. I mean, this whole Christmas episode has been a bit bleak. It has been a bit bleak. So Merry Christmas, (laughs) everyone. But anyway, we do have one more gift before we sign off. And this is a gift for people that have it all. There's nothing that you can get them, but we think there's something that you can get them that helps them, helps you, and helps a wider community. And that's philanthropy and charitable giving. Aussies are particularly giving. Three in five Australians donate to charity and is ranked as the eighth highest out of 140 countries in a study conducted by the Charities Aid Foundation. And giving means that you're able to donate to charities or causes that your loved one cares about. It's a gift that is thoughtful and supports the community, but also gives the gifter and recipient a sense of fulfillment. So Giving Australia study, that study that Shani was talking about, noted that the top three reasons for donating were because individuals believed in good causes, they respected the work that is being done by this cause, or they have an and, they have sympathy for those that they are helping. And for organizations that are registered as a deductible gift recipient, which is endorsed by the ATO, those deductions are tax deductible in most instances. For someone earning $100,000, a donation of $100 could result in an approximate tax saving of $32.50. Of course, contact a tax professional for your individual circumstances because we're not tax professionals. That is true. That is true. (laughs) But one little plug we would like to put in is look for financial literacy organizations. Those are obviously good places to donate. Goes with the theme of Investing Compass. Maybe we could find a charity that forces people to sit in a room and listen to the podcast. I think we already do that to most people in Morningstar. (laughs) Yeah, but we pay them. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) In this case, it would be different. But anyway, thank you very much. I hope everyone has a wonderful holiday season. And once again, we would like, as a gift, if you want to get us a gift, we would love a rating or a comment. Maybe a positive one would be the best (laughs) gift, unless you want to give us coal. Um, But anyway, we hope everyone has a great holiday season. And my email is in the show notes if you would like to reach out. Thank you. Any advice in this podcast is general advice or regulated financial advice under New Zealand law prepared by Morningstar Australasia Proprietary Limited and or Morningstar Research Limited without reference to your financial objectives, situations or needs. You should consider the advice in light of these matters and any relevant product disclosure statement before making any decision to invest. To obtain advice for your own situation, contact a financial advisor.